Listener discretion is advised. everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. I'm here with Michelle, of course, every Poppy. time, and our <laughs> guest this time is my good friend Reggie. Hey! Yeah! Uh, so Reggie has some previous fame on That's our right. podcast yes. from sending us a drink suggestion with no proportions. That's true. I'm not still upset by it or anything. And no title either. Yeah, we've been drinking this whole time, and I've been saving it up to say that to you <laughs> while we were on air. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I didn't have drink proportions either, so I'm, I'm still going to try it. I don't know the proportions, and I'm expecting oh, yeah. to have a similar experience. Obviously, we still nailed it, and yeah. it was delicious. It was. We yeah. did that whole like whipped cream in a jar. Have you ever done that? Yeah, no. so, so can you remind me what it was? It was like coffee. It was an espresso drink. So it, it was, was like yeah. coffee, vodka, cream. Was it Irish cream? It was Irish cream. Was Irish cream? I there? don't remember. You can look back on our Instagram and Facebook posts to see Nailed the recipe. It. Good job, Caitlin. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that we made up. Yeah, that we made up. Because yeah. we had no recipe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Reggie is married to Ashley, who was one of our first guests. If you remember the story about the otters... Yeah. That Ashley. That was Ashley. That was the best. That was a good story. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. But that's, Say what? That's your wife, man. It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, but I also don't think that she would want me to listen to what? it. What? Why not? You know how self-conscious you get when you hear your own voice and we, you yeah. hear your own things? I, I feel like if I were to listen to it, then she would want to know like how it was, but she also doesn't want to know mm. that. Mm. This is what you say. That was amazing. It was hysterical and you have the best stories ever. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you say. That's good advice. <laughs> yeah. So today, what we got? What we got? Uh, Reggie chose uh, Long, Long Island Iced Teas. There it is. Yeah. L-I-I-T's, which I thought was lit. I was like, oh, oh. we're drinking some lit Long Island Iced Teas. And then I realized it was just Long Island mm-hmm. Ice Macron Tea. for it. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, that was embarrassing. So we're going balls to the wall today yeah. with our From Scratch. It's tequila, gin, vodka... What else? Rum, triple sack, rum. I forgot rum, about rum. Triple sack, sweet and sour, and just a splash of Coke for color. It's just booze. It is just <laughs> booze. We're it's drinking just large you. glasses of just straight booze. So thank you, Reggie. Yeah, yeah. It definitely doesn't taste like it though. It, no. it tastes more like a tea. It does. It's crazy. Like, yeah. and this is actually a pretty delicious mm-hmm. recipe. I think you chose a good one. I think we yeah. chose the same one. We did. But. It was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, when you, you know, like, whenever you go to a cheap place or a cheap bar, you know that they're making their Long Island iced teas with just a mix. Yeah. Like, they're probably right. using, like, one or two alcohols, and then they're just mixing it in. Um, yeah. In the end, it tastes similar, mm-hmm. but this definitely tastes right. Yeah. Well, man, you make a Long Island iced tea just right, and you can drink it down. Yeah. Like, it's freaking nothing. And what? how many shots? There's like five shots in each one of these glasses. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that's delightful. All right. Oh, so, so I hear you're uh, going to tell a story first. Woo, Reggie. Go Reggie. I think so. Now. All right. Okay. So, we are excited for this. Yeah. No. Um, we'll see. We'll see how good of notes I took because uh, I'm, I'm just going to read down the list. Yeah. All right. So. Can you see? I can't. Okay, we have okay. the lights off because is it hot. is fucking hot as hell in this room right sorry. now. Sorry. Reggie made the good suggestion of turning off the lights. And it does give you the at least 
I don't know, feeling of it being a little cooler. Yeah. And we're yeah, going to pause. We're going to pause if we hear the ice cream man. Yeah, because we're getting fucking ice cream, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to get that penguin one that you mm-hmm. want so bad, and I'm going to take a giant bite out of it. It's going to be delicious. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, just to confirm, have either of you ever heard of Malcolm Roberts and his story from Antarctica? No. I don't think so. Okay. No. Uh, his name doesn't sound familiar, but... No, and I know almost nothing. When is this? Like, this uh, what, was the year? So the story happened, I believe, in 2015. Yeah, 2015. No. no. Okay, no. you're good to go. Okay. Well, so the story is about... Well, it's about Malcolm Roberts' issue, but the story was told by Tim Nutbeam, who was at the World Extreme Medicine Conference in November of 2018. So it was just recently released to the public. Okay, oh. so who is... Tony Nutbeam? Is Tim. That... Tim Nutbeam. Tim. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> he's, he's the doctor in question who is the reason why Malcolm is still alive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and actually, I believe that um, the the uh, speech that Tim did at the World Extreme Medicine Conference is available for anyone to listen to pretty oh. readily. Oh, okay. Um, at the Extreme Medical Conference? That is what it's called. That's what I wrote down. Wow. I hope I got it right. Where the fuck is that? Like It was in Edinburgh. Oh. Where's that? Okay. That's in uh, Scotland. Scotland. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. Dang. I was Good like, job, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, very nice. Um, so, uh, Malcolm Roberts was an engineer working for the British Antarctic Survey. Mm-hmm. Have you guys heard of that? No. It's essentially the UK branch that monitors and does activity in Antarctica. It, so is it similar to like our Coast Guard, perhaps? Because I no. know they have... No. Not Absolutely. Not. No. They're no. like, bitch, <laughs> just maybe don't talk anymore yeah. and don't try to be a part of the story. No, it was a good guess. But uh, the no, British Antarctic Survey is... You're way fucking wrong. It's one of many world organizations that is responsible for research related to Antarctica. Okay. So no... Penguins, yes. I'm gonna guess yes. I'm not cool. very well. Yes, actually, I know for a fact yes because you'll find out later. Anyway. <gasps> oh, penguin related. But uh, so no country has actual claim over Antarctica. It's technically like built up into districts, but no country owns it. I didn't oh. even know it was built up into districts. Okay. Well, well, I say that very lightly. It's more like each country has an area that they go that to. they research. Yeah. Is, okay. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, so, in late of April 2015, okay. uh, Malcolm yes. suffered severe gastrointestinal bleed. Uh, oh, what? Uh, yeah. So, I am obviously not a medical anything. But, but did you ask your wife, who is a medical something? Well, Ashley was sitting right next to me while I was researching <laughs> this. And the moment I said it, she got real excited. She's like, oh, GI bleeds. I can tell you all about those. So, I did ask her. Um, mm. And uh, so... Essentially, when you have a GI bleed, it can be anywhere from not that serious to completely life-threatening. Okay. Um, and it essentially means internal hemorrhaging anywhere between your mouth and the other side. That's um, terrifying. Along the digestive tract. Um, oh, some yeah, symptoms I guess of that's it. part of it, your mouth. I yeah. never thought of it. Yeah. So some symptoms include, like, uh, swelling of the abdomen or distending the stomach, I think Ashley said. Um, and it also could mean vomiting blood or bloody stool. So do we know what causes? I, I, so I looked really hard to try and figure it out, but I could not quite. Oh, in Malcolm's case. Malcolm is his name, right? I haven't forgotten already. Okay. Yeah. But there are quite a few things like ulcers can cause it. Um, Mm. trauma can cause it. 
we don't know what in this situation, but, and again, it can range from anywhere from, okay, we need to worry about, or we need to, you know, just fix this to, oh, you're about to die. So a lot of different things. Okay. It's a very common phrase, apparently, that nurses and doctors hear. Well, I can tell it's going to be interesting because it's been talked about at the extreme medical thing. Mm. Yeah. So. No, it's true. Uh, So. Um, this gastrointestinal bleed happened while he was stationed in Antarctica uh, at the Halley Research Station, which is operated by the British Antarctic Survey. Okay. Um, but the best part about this for him is that it happened during the winter. So do any of do either of you on any? I'm gonna be real honest. I'm not real clear with GI bleeds at this point, so no, that's so, not what I was gonna talk about at all. No, it's not. But <laughs> <laughs> do either of you know what winter in Antarctica is like? No. <laughs> no, I am. I assume like super shitty and wild. And a lot cold. of penguins. <laughs> I, I don't know about the penguins to Wrong. be honest with you. Uh, I I didn't research them. Maybe they go hibernate. I'm I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, I'm joking about that. I don't think. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, I don't think penguins hibernate. Is what no. he's saying. Yeah, no. So Antarctica <laughs> has two seasons. It has summer and it has winter. Okay. Uh, summer lasts from October to February. So that's, you know, three to four months. Okay. okay. And then the rest of the year is winter. Okay. Oh. So during summer, it's daylight year round. Oh, like Alaska where it's just like 24 or 7 Yep, 24 sunlight. daylight. Really? Uh-huh. That would suck. Um, it, it, it would suck, except for the fact that, you know, the temperature is reasonable. It's You still have to put a coat on, but I mean, mm-hmm. it's Antarctica. You kind so of are we like talking it. about like negative 20 as opposed to negative 50? Or... No, we're not in the negatives at that oh. point. Oh, okay. Um, I believe so we're just it's... below freezing. So it's just sort of a, you know, springtime day in Antarctica. Yeah. Yeah. I could be slightly wrong about the temperature, but I do know that during the winter, when for the majority of the winter, it's nighttime almost all, all the day. Time. Yeah. Oh. You maybe have a few hours of daylight during the, the edges of it. But you're, you're living in darkness, and it's mm-hmm. windy. Um, temperatures generally drop down to about minus 50 degrees. <laughs> that's a hard fucking pass for At me. the beginning of the season. And that, that's the temperature where gasoline freezes, actually. Oh, shit. So I didn't even know gasoline froze. Yeah. So You get bursts of down to a minus 100 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> I can't even fathom that. I remember one time I went to Chicago and my dad's like, bring a coat. And I was like, okay, dad, being from California. So I got this like little raincoat thing and it was 10 degrees. And I was like, this is the coldest that I've ever been in my Mm -hmm. entire life. I was not prepared. And that's 10 degrees, not negative 100 degrees. Oh my God. (laughs) I can't even imagine. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, 10 degrees is colder than I've experienced. Yeah. (laughs) But there are people. Who are very... Okay. Have you guys heard of the 300 Club? No. I've heard of the 300 Club as in... No, that's the 700 Club. <laughs> <laughs> What's the 700 Club? It's like a religious program. Oh, yeah. That's the... Yeah. Like, I know the eat. Mile High Club. Oh, of course ah, you know the Mile kidding. High Club fucking Keelan. Good lord. <laughs> that's slightly different. So, in this it's case... It's way different. He's being nice. In this case, the, two, the 300 Club is apparently is a thing where people in Antarctica will go into a sauna that goes up to about 200 degrees Fahrenheit. What? They'll spend about 10 minutes in there. Uh-huh. And then they will run outside naked, maybe with a scarf, oh, where it's minus 100 degrees. I have, well, I don't know about it. And, oh my God, I cannot talk today. Antarctica? Yeah. yeah. Don't they do that in like Sweden and stuff like that? 
like the polar bear clubs or i imagine they do it anywhere where the weather gets down cold enough that Mm -hmm. they can actually do it they can swim around in the or in the snow roll around we did that when we went hot tubbing it was snowing but they had a hot tub outside so we went out in our swimsuits and rolled in the snow was it when it's 100 degrees fahrenheit then you're not part of the club i'm sorry (laughs) dang it well that (laughs) hurt our feelings (laughs) poor caitlin you tried i did try okay so that's the 300 club yeah, yeah. I'm not part of that. Staying in the sauna for 10 minutes, 200 degrees. Yep. Then going outside that's minus 100 degrees yep. and rolling out in the snow. I get it. 300 because yeah, that's yep, the yeah. difference in temperature. Yeah, oh, my it. God. Every now and again. Ah. Uh, I don't know that they roll around in the snow. I think it's generally just running like between little, oh, little bases. Okay. But then when they come back, they get back in the sauna for at least a few minutes and they drink alcohol to warm themselves back up. Dang. I feel like I could get on board with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know. You're like, wrong, <laughs> don't. Uh, actually, I, there's a trip that you can take that I really want to do mm-hmm. where you actually get on like a cruise liner and they take you down to Antarctica and you can either, you can both sleep out under, on the ice in a sleeping bag and what? also you can go snorkeling. Don't Ew. go. Everyone's ruining. Like oh. Antarctica. That's what I hear. All these people traveling to it. Really? Yeah. And it's like fucking it all up. Yeah. So I'm telling you, Reggie, if you go, I'm coming after you. Okay. I need to quit talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? Maybe I won't because you're right. I don't want Antarctica to melt. Or maybe I do. Why don't we finish the story? <gasps> if you oh. can get through it. <laughs> hey, uh, okay. I felt very pointed. <laughs> I literally, the next bullet point yeah. that I wrote starts out with, okay, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, okay, so anyway, um, uh, imagine being a researcher at the beginning of winter stuck in Antarctica when it's all of a sudden you start vomiting blood. <gasps> and that was Malcolm Roberts's position. Oh, yeah. oh, Malcolm. That's not good. So the British Antarctic Survey, which seems like a great organization, had to very quickly organize a flight to get a doctor down there to pick him up and take him to a hospital because he was thousands of miles away from the nearest one. Wow. And the, these stations, like, uh, generally, depending on which station, there's quite a few on Antarctica, they have a lot of people in the summer, up to a couple hundred for the bigger facilities, and then during winter, they have a minimal crew that's mostly just researchers and the people required mm-hmm. to help maintain the base. Mm-hmm. The Halley Research Station apparently has about 15 people during the winter, so he was okay. one of these 15. Okay. And as you can imagine, that doesn't mean that they have a lot of resources or a lot of yeah. anything to help them. Um <laughs> Yeah, that sucks. So, uh, the flight to get to him would be about 24 hours one way. Whoa. Yeah. So, what you would have to do is you would have to take fly from Chile, uh, from Buenos Aires, I believe. Then you would have to fly to actually a smaller base on the peninsula of Antarctica called Rothera. That's where you refuel, and then you fly to the actual Halley Research Station, oh and then God. you can do the same thing back. So total would be a forty-eight hour flight. Wow. Um, Ugh, that's a hard pass yeah. for me. Yeah. No, it doesn't sound fun. Well, no. they am- arranged for a doctor and a team to fly down there. Mm-hmm. So they're the doctors are coming to him. Yep. At this point, okay. The doctors are coming to him because they have to take him back to a hospital. They can't oh do gosh. anything down there because they don't have any tools. <laughs> they don't have anything ready to help. So them. they can't just like fly him out. Then they yeah. gotta bring all these guys in. Why does the doctors have out? to go get him? Well, for one, there's no flight, and for two, oh, flying so. a person with a gastrointestinal bleed gets really complicated. Which 
uh, we'll find out about later. Oh, oh yeah. dear. Interesting. I know. Okay. It's a fun story from start to finish. Oh. Uh, so, uh, the doctor flies to Buenos Aires to do a layover before he can start the rest of the trip. Well, while he's waiting there... Oh, actually, no, I apologize. It was actually... Uh, he was waiting for a connecting flight in Santiago, which is the capital of Chile. Uh, Obviously. Yeah. But while he was waiting... Have you guys heard of Kelbucco? No. No, okay. okay. Making <laughs> like some assumptions now. don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know any of this either. Uh, but Kelbucco is a volcano, and it decided to erupt. <gasps> what? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it literally no. decided to erupt while Poor he was Malcolm. waiting for his connecting flight. And when a volcano goes off, apparently all flights shut down. They don't, I, they don't have anyone leaving. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. I mean, there's ash going everywhere, flames, lava. It's a whole thing. Bad news. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that, that went off, and he was stuck there. So all of a sudden, their doctor is no longer able to come. But they uh-huh. did have a backup doctor. This backup doctor, who happens to be the person who's telling this story for, uh, originally at the conference, Tim Nutbeam, he... Hi, Tim. Enter Tim. <laughs> he is stationed at the southernmost tip of Chile, at Puento Eras. Um, actually, Puento Arenas, I apologize. Uh, Pull together, Reggie. I know, I'm sorry. It's just, it's getting too much. (laughs) Uh, The pressure is real. (laughs) So he's waiting for the patient to get to him, and then he's going to help with the treatment while they're in mid-flight. Oh my gosh. He was never supposed to go to Antarctica, but at the same time that the volcano erupted, the passage uh, called Drake Passage which is the channel of water between him and Antarctica, okay. cleared up. Which normally it's terrible weather, so you couldn't really fly there anyway. But it cleared up for a very rare moment. Hmm. So he had no time at all to realize that he's now going to be the main doctor, and oh, he's going to be the one flying there. Whoa. You're off. Yeah. Like, yeah and exactly. you're going right now. Yeah. Uh, you got to save poor Malcolm. Yep. The speech that he does actually goes into a lot of detail about the type of people who are able to do this kind of mission, as well as, like, the strains that it causes and what kind of, like, mental attitudes you have to have. Mm. Um, And a lot of that is related to just being able to make really important decisions on the fly with with, uh, what he calls um, uh, knowledgeable guesses, I think. I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's super interesting. But so he's having to fly all the way down to Antarctica, which is still a twenty-four hour flight at this point. <sighs> I can't even imagine. I had a hard time with our seven-hour flight to Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, and the best part is he got just a, like two or three hours of sleep on this flight. Oh, because it's just so strenuous, and also great fact is that he had a big bag of blood with him because when you have a gi bleed you're losing blood so they had to have a transfusion which for one has never been done in antarctica before to our knowledge and two what yeah would it be too cold yeah you can't let blood just freeze yeah you also can't just you know let it sit in the heat so this plane that's flying to antarctica oh my gosh the front is warm because that's where all the people are kept the team of doctors and or of uh, helpers that they have and the pilots are kept and they keep it warm up there so that no one dies but the back of the plane drops down to about minus 10 degrees oh my gosh whoa yeah oh so this is not a commercial flight it's yeah. 
So it gets very cold in the back of the plane. Oh my gosh. But what that means is that he had to find a sweet spot between the front of the plane and the back of the Where plane to keep the blood. Where it's not too warm, not too yeah. cold, just yep. right. And then he had to check on that blood every hour. Oh my For God. all 24 hours. So he couldn't even really sleep. Yeah, because if it would freeze, wouldn't like the water in it just kind of explode? And then probably, I don't know if that's a thing. It sounds smart. It does yeah. sound smart. Yeah. I'm, Thank you, uh, Again, I'm not a medical person. If you want to talk Where's about Ashley? Tax- <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, the essentially, he had to monitor this blood pretty much the whole way there. And he did not get very much sleep. But when they finally landed... They had about one and a half hours of daylight left. And if the daylight dropped, then, you know, the winds pick up and it gets real mm-hmm. bad weather. So you can't really leave after darkness falls. Oh, my falls. goodness. So they had about an hour and a half to get Roberts, uh, give him Antarctica's very first blood transfusion. So they needed to, like, stabilize him and then get him onto that plane exactly. as quickly as they could. Now, Roberts had survived the first 24 hours without serious medical attention, and so there was a chance that if they did this right, then he would survive. Now, if he had died within the first 24 hours, obviously he'd be dead, but also the worst off you get in the first 24 is, like, really critical for these kind of GI bleeds, apparently. Hmm. How did... Oh, my God. We already talked about you get a chance. <laughs> <laughs> <Army>. <laughs> uh, so... I'm sorry. Caitlin's going to kill me later. I'm not... Why? Okay, I don't so, know. so due to the crazy changes and the unpredictable circumstances and the sleep deprivation, he couldn't really come up with a plan. It was more of a just you do it as you go. And then this is the phrase I was trying to remember earlier. He says, uh, Tim Nutbeam says that you just have to wing it in an informed way. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's how I roll through life. Yeah, right. I wing it in an informed way. Yeah. I didn't. Oh, God. I can't talk, man. I don't even know how I'm going to get home. What'd you do to her legs? <laughs> They're it, delightfully strong. Yeah. No, this no. is perfect. You don't have all of that, you know, sugar to kind of make you feel sick. You just, you get to where you need to go. <laughs> yeah, you do. So. <laughs> uh, by the time that they were flying back, Nutbeam says that he was so tired that he had trouble recalling medical knowledge and making choices because he was so oh, sleep deprived. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. Um, that plays a part. Yeah. And it was all the much better by the fact that Roberts' condition needed constant monitoring. Oh my gosh. So he's just dead on his feet at this point. Yeah. And Roberts is probably in and out of consciousness with his new blood and. Yeah, and here's another thought that I wouldn't have thought of, which is why I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but when you're flying. Over specifically with Thera, there are mountains. And so that means that the plane has to go higher so that it doesn't run into the side. Well, when you go higher, the the air pressure is lighter. And that means that you need more blood because your blood's going to start thinning out. Really? Yeah. So they had to monitor exactly how high they could fly up with how much blood they could give him. Or oh, my gosh. Because... That's you know, just the change in altitude alone was enough to risk this patient's life. Wow. Which is part of why they needed a doctor on board right. to help take him back. I guess so. I was like, I don't know what the big deal is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's also why I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so they touched down in Chile when they got back. Um, and they were able to get to an actual medical facility where they were able to stabilize him. Uh, Nutbeam, though, was so sleep-deprived that he actually tried to convince the doctors to let him lead the surgery to help get him back. <gasps> no! Yeah. No, exactly. Uh, they ended up having to call his boss in uh, the UK at the oh, Antarctic shit. research stuff. 
And she had to call him and tell him, no, you need to go to sleep. And then he did. And he later admits that, you know, that was good. He should not have done anything more. He needed to sleep. Let's roll into surgery, folks. (laughs) Come on, guys. I washed my hands. I'm ready to go. Sterile. Come on, Malcolm. Yeah. So thankfully, uh, Malcolm made a full recovery and I believe is still alive to this day. I don't think he works for the company anymore. Uh, I don't think he's at Antarctica. Probably not. Yeah, that'd probably be a hard pass for me also. But he's alive. That's good. uh, that sounds like a miserable, like, few days. <laughs> yeah. She wouldn't like, even fucking imagine. No. Oh, I couldn't. Yuck. I wonder how you get those. Like, like that, that job? That's a, that's a, no, like the GI. Yeah. That's, like, well, the worst thing to we get. We talked about it. It's ulcers and stuff, right? Ulcers and trauma is all I remember. Um, he Ashley's... probably got into a fight with his friend. His friend was like, if you stir your fucking motherfucking drink one more time in the mic, I'll kill you. And then he punched him. So then we'll know what happens to you. That's right. Oh, oh snap! Not real. Uh, I hope I hope that Ashley has the same you know sentiments that I do and doesn't listen to this because she's probably gonna yell at me for how I got things wrong. I'm she's joking. taking notes right now. Yeah, she's taking notes. Yeah, she's she like, won't yell at me, but she will be like Reggie. Why don't we talk about what is technically correct and what is not quite correct? <laughs> She's just going to pass you a note under the door that's like, you don't know anything about GI bleed at all and don't ever talk about them again. Right. Exactly. Well, that's a good story. I'm glad. I mean, ugh, where are the penguins? Yeah. Uh, well, actually. It's later. It is, oh. is it in the next story? It's in the next oh. story. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> the next story is going to be intense. So, just, you know, prepare yourself. Okay. Mostly. All right. Well, we'll take a little breather from Antarctica yeah. to enjoy Caitlin's delightful story. Is it delightful? It, no. Hopefully. I introduced it as such, so. So this is about Tanea Williams. Tanea Williams. Yes. So it is August 18th, 2018. Okay, so summertime last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. So it is, uh, we're in Springfield, Missouri. All right. And she is 23 years old. Okay. And... At this time, she's going to go clubbing with her friends. She's going out. She's having a good time. As you do when you're 23. That's right. So it's late, and she gets home. Did you do much clubbing, Reggie? I mean, I've been to clubs, but I was not a clubber. Say what? I Come know. On. Either of buildings or seals. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. <laughs> we are cutting you off. Back in college, I went to some accountant parties, because all of my friends were accountants, just like me, and so we had some wild, crazy accountant parties. Okay, what? You're going to have to describe an accountant party for us. Guess that tax bracket. You know, <laughs> 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 uh, He's like, no. oh my god, you nailed it! No. Uh, to, be, to be honest, it's pretty much just like a normal party, the only exception is there's a lot more uh, nerds in there. Do you guys do like guess the tax code and you like whip out a book and it's just like no. what is 301A and okay. then they're like got a call on Reggie they're like Reggie Reggie and you, then you like whip out the tax code. So this, this fuck yes. This is gonna be a surprise <laughs> even though this isn't the persona that I actually like to you know maintain. Yeah. We actually don't care about taxes that much. What? Yeah I know. We do it because it needs to be done, but I that was never my life dream, was to prepare taxes. I don't even know what you're saying right now. Yeah. Everything is a complete shock. Yeah, but and... I, do, I do have some accountant jokes, if you want to know those. I would yeah, like to know an accountant joke. Okay. How does Santa value his sleigh? How? Net present value. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, technically, that's more of a finance joke, but you know. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, one She doesn't even know what to say. Oh. Well, it's just because she can't be your joke. I can't. That's true. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, sorry. Caitlin's done with us forever. Mainly you, Reggie. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's late, because she's clubbing. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Tania. Sorry, Tania Williams, 23, August 18th. I remember things. Yeah, good job. So, it's around 1, 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning. Probably 2-ish, if we know Tania at all. And she gets home, and, you know, she's feeling a little fresh. And she invites over Dominic James. A booty call is, is what that is. Who is 24. Okay. And they met on plentyoffish.com or something. All right, it's the yeah. dating app. Oh, yeah. We all know about Plenty of Fish. Mm-hmm. Is that one Christ, like Christian Mingle? Is no. That... This is the one where if you want to hook up, you can hook up. That's Tinder, isn't it? Oh, well, I think Plenty of Fish is kind of... Any really? of the free dating sites tend to be a little bit more... Hook up is she? Hook up is she? Good way. Did it? it? You meet Joel on Match? No, yeah. Well, Match, you got to pay for. It. Oh, do you? Yeah. So, so that's quality. like the marriage one. Quality. Yeah, when you got to pay for it. Ah, gotcha. I see. That sounded really gotcha. bad. Mm. Not sponsored. <laughs> 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 so uh, before he came over, uh, she told him that she's a trans woman, and. She wanted to be upfront about her identity, an effort to diffuse the stereotype that transgender people try to trick people, you know. Okay, so she's like, hey, buddy, before you come over, FYI, I used to be a man. Is yeah. that what we're saying? Uh-huh, okay. yeah. And he was like, okay, no like, problem. let's hang out still. I'm progressive. Yeah, so she's like, come on over. And so he came over, and they had two rounds of consensual sex. Oh my. It was <laughs> consensual. Plenty of fish. I like that you specified two. That yeah. adds a lot of value to the story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hashtag consent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they were lying there in her bed, and he asked to use her restroom. And she's like, sure, it's out the door to the left. So he left, and she's sitting there, and she began to have a wary feeling. Mm. Um, not sure why. He wasn't. He was taking a long time, but not long enough for her to, like, go like up and check. Like, knock, knock, what yeah, the hell's exactly. going on in there. Um, so, he eventually did come back, and he's like, can I have a cigarette? She's like, yes, but you have to do it in the bathroom, so it doesn't stink up the apartment. And he's like, fine. So, he leaves again. So, she rolled over, um, having her back to the bedroom door. So, Wait she's, like, him. ready to maybe go to sleep. Yeah, and it's a late off. night. You know, smoke a cigarette mm-hmm. in the bathroom. Okay. Yeah. So he was uh, only gone for like 30 seconds when he ran into the room and started choking her. What? Yes. That's not expected. Yes. Yes. She states that she was confused. <laughs> I'm confused at this point. I'm not fearful. I'm just trying to understand what the hell is going on going at this on? point. Yeah. <laughs> so she's not she afraid. Chose. She's just like, what is happening? Um... So now she's unable to breathe, and now she starts to kind of freak out. And she managed uh, to tell him to, like, fucking let go. Knock it and, off. Yeah. He asked her where her money is. And she said she had $1,000 on her table and jewelry as well. And she said, she screams, you take can have it, it. You can take it. Don't kill me. 
She thought if she listened to what he said, uh, he would just leave. Yeah. Okay. He would just leave. Um, I'm assuming he didn't. Well, as he was distracted, um, or he was thinking about something like where her stuff like was. Like all the cash. Yeah. She breaks free from his grip and she starts to run to the front door. As she's heading to the front door, she sees the kitchen light is on, which she knew she turned off before they went into the bedroom. So she quickly hmm. realizes that he was not using the restroom or smoking. He was buying time to find a knife. <gasps> oh, so he was not in the bathroom no. this whole time. No, nope. he was in the kitchen. Wasn't the bathroom just right there or was it, it like... It was out the door to the left. Oh, so it was out of the bedroom. So it wasn't connected at all. I see. So it's not en suite, if you will. No. <laughs> no. So uh, Dominic actually catches up to her and hits her with a wooden vase... And her head dents the vase. What? Yikes. It's bad. So then they start to struggle, and she's able to get free again, but now she's noticing that she's bleeding. From her head and the vase wound, I presume. So she thought she was going to pass out, but she thought if she passed out, she wouldn't be able to escape. She thought that would be the end. She's like, fuck that, I'm not doing that. Yeah, so she is able to open the front door, but he quickly is behind her and closes it. But when he closes it, he fell over some luggage that she had in the walkway, and that gave her enough time to get out of the door. All right. So he fell, and she gets out. So she, poor thing, is now naked, bleeding, and running down the stairs at around 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning. Let's assume 4. I mean, yeah. it was two rounds. <laughs> You know, you so, never know. So you some, never know. What's what is his name? Dominic. Dominic. He could have sucked. So who we can yes. say? So Sorry. is this in the apartment complex then? Yes. Okay. It says it's a triplex, but she is on the uh, second floor, and she's going down to the downstairs neighbors. So she's coming down the stairs. So it's an apartment. Yeah. Right. Um. So she bangs on the neighbor's door. When they open, she just rushes in. She doesn't even have she's a chance. She's like, fuck you, I don't even care. Yeah, she's like, I need to get in to somewhere safe. So the police show up, and all they find is Dominic's shoes. So he managed to get dressed and flee, but he left his shoes. I don't mm-hmm. know. Or she was. He's like, I can't even be bothered. I just gotta go. I guess so. In my socks. So, but they did find the bloody knife on her bedroom floor. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where did the knife come from? Remember, she was running. So, okay, so he hit her with a vase, but he had a knife with him. Oh, uh, okay, I don't think that's why I... she was in the. That's why he was in the kitchen. So that will come in play. Okay. I'll tell you. Okay. Okay. So, Tanea um, was treated at a Springfield hospital. She had a gash on the back of her head that took four staples to close. Yikes. She had cuts on her ankles and wrists. They were all glued shut. So as they were struggling on the floor, because he caught up to her, so he hit her, they fall, she's struggling, he's slicing at her. So she has on her ankles and wrists some cuts mm. and stuff, but that had been glued shut. They just shut. glued them on shut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dominic left Missouri to go to Florida, but as was arrested in uh, Monroe County, Georgia. For a completely unrelated thing. Like, he wasn't even... He was, like, speeding down the road something. or something. It didn't say Probably what he did. Probably selling masks. <laughs> That's the first thing you go to. But, um, no, yeah, so he, so he got arrested, and they're like, oh, we're looking for this guy. So Well, this is this is Florida, so it would be bath salts. 
Good oh, call. right. No. But it's Georgia. Oh, oh, He was heading to Florida. He got caught in Georgia. Probably Tide Pods, then. Probably. Tide Pods. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking yeah. Tide Pods. How is that a thing? I uh, not sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so he actually pled not guilty to two counts of second degree assault. Um, the charges were not eligible for a not eligible for a penalty enhancement under the Missouri's hate crime laws. So they couldn't dub oh. it as a hate crime because she was transgender. So it wasn't a hate crime or was it a It hate wasn't crime? eligible. What the what his charges were, which was assault, uh, second degree assault. Wouldn't that be especially like part of hate crimes? So so I'm sorry. Can we just take a quick second? Are you saying that if you're transgender yes. in certain parts of the country, yes. then you are ineligible to have a hate crime against you? No, like, I guess it's... A, I think it's, it's just his... Depends on the charges that are placed. Oh. So his specific charges were not eligible Was assault in the be... second degree. Yeah, so that was eligible. I would think all assaults should be they eligible should. for hate crimes. Yeah, right? Because isn't that the main form of the hate crime mm-hmm. is assault? assault? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got it. Um, so he actually, so he pled not guilty, but he was found guilty and he was sentenced to five years in prison. All right. Two All counts. Right. He got the two counts. So he's there still. Um, Tanea actually started a GoFundMe so she can relocate. Mm-hmm. And her goal was 5500 and she hit her goal uh, with an extra 10 bucks. So I think <laughs> it's still even open. So I mean, oh. people can still donate. She did hit her goal, but I think it's still open. So, doesn't of course she's not going to say where she relocated to. I'm sure. I guess I was like, where'd she go? No, I don't know. I guess um, that makes sense. Yeah, and then um, so she is living away from. I'm hoping Missouri. I don't know if she moved states or if she just moved cities. Not sure, but she's alive. She's doing well, and um, it's sad because in 2019, just right now, 11 black transgender women have been killed already really yeah and then today was a black transgendered woman so and two of them have been in texas so there has been like this there's articles saying if it's a serial killer just targeting black transgender women or if i don't know things are just not good but 11 black trans is like so specific that they have been killed so mm. far in 2019. Well, that's really upsetting. Well, hopefully it she is. moves out to like California where everyone's a little bit more accepting. I guess so. So, but we don't know if it was an actual hate crime or not, or was it? I we don't know. Mm. No, he. So we, we don't know what his were, motivation was. No, because I mean, he knew what she that she was transgender. He knew her identity, and they still had sex. I mean, so unless he just wanted to rob her. Like, he just wanted to get some Maybe. and then get some money, too, I guess. Because he was looking for money, but I don't know. Did, was her money ever stolen? Did it didn't say. say? No, he was just uh, focusing on her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I think once she actually got out, I think he tried to leave as fast as he could because the police were coming. They were on their yeah. way. So. Well, you're the worst. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Dominic. Well, it, it, you know... It's hard not to make this rash assumption for most mm-hmm. everyone who can pit, uh, who does these kind of crimes, but it's interesting the pattern of events where he, like you said, he stays with her, and then he says he's going to the bathroom and he's along. He's gone for a long enough time that it's noteworthy mm-hmm. to find a knife. 
Now I'm just saying, in my kitchen, it's not hard to find a knife. Yeah, they're like right there. Actually, maybe in my kitchen. No, granted, maybe he was trying to be quiet. But then the fact that he comes in, tries to strangle her, and then once she tells him where money is, then he goes off, gets money, and then theoretically then he wants to finish because she's trying to escape. It, it's kind of interesting. It seems very irrational, which mm-hmm. also Yeah, to be the fair, whole thing does seem... She says she doesn't think that it was... He planned it out. She didn't think it was premeditated. Well, when he comes back in for a cigarette, like saying, hey, can right. I have a cigarette? That's uh-huh. almost like a, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Give me a second. I need to come figure out how to come kill you. Mm-hmm. So, hey, can I have a cigarette? I'm yeah. going to zip out for a sec. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Ding, ding, ding. Light bulb's on. I'm going to mm-hmm. rush her and strangle her. But yeah. I think the point it is, is... The whole thing is strange. It, it is. is. No, no. That, that's essentially what I was going to say. Like, who knows if maybe it was like a not premeditated thing, but then he's like, you know what? I do hate this person because I'm a biased bigot. Right. Or maybe it's also that he was just not mentally sound, and so he just, every step of the way was just another moment in his thought process. That's true. Yeah. Who knows what it is. Good job on keeping your cool and getting out of there and going to find your neighbors, Tanea. Well, I'm just glad that she actually hit her goal. It got a little bit over, too, so... Well, I hope she was able to relocate to somewhere great and is safe and sound and killing it at life. Okay, Reggie, so let's hear your second story. All All right. right. Well, we're going back to Antarctica. Oh, we're back. I know. I'm sorry. Leaving Georgia. Um, (laughs) Missouri, too. uh, This is actually a pretty well-known story. Oh. It's um, pretty common. It's actually taught in a lot of schools as an example of leadership. Oh, okay. Um, Especially in the UK, which is where this particular gentleman is from. Uh, being Ernest Shackleton. Ernest Shackleton. We're okay. also going to take a step back to 1914. Oh, oh, shit, we are taking a step back. Yeah, yeah. So, spoiler alert, he is dead by now. Um, <laughs> uh, but during this, he survived. So Thank you for preparing us. You're welcome. Caitlin yeah. doesn't do that. She's like, haha, by the way, he's dead. Laugh. <laughs> yeah. God. You do okay. laugh. Yeah, like a dumbass. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, Shackleton's goal in life, he was born around the time, or he was living around the time when you were trying to get to to Antarctica. It was kind of like the space race for the United States. Okay. But in this case, it was getting to Antarctica. That makes Um, sense. So he actually, when he was younger, he was on a ship that tried to get there, but the weather was too bad, they had to turn around and go back. So then second time, he got on a ship, they made it there, which, not the first time ever, but they made it further, I think, than anyone else had gone before. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some sort of record he said. I can't remember exactly what it was. But the third time, he wanted to set a real record for himself because he was pretty much addicted to this concept of, of just being famous and also of achieving something that no one else had done before. So he had a new goal. He wanted to sail down to Antarctica. He wanted to hike across to the entire continent. Oh, shit. And then get picked up and taken away. Is Whoa. it Antarctica? That is the South Pole, correct? It is. Okay, yes. just checking. And isn't it, like, the biggest continent, like, by far? I don't believe it's actually oh. the biggest. I was no, looking at it. It's is, similar. It, it, you can make Asia comparisons to the United bigger. States. But it's, it's not bigger than that Eurasia. <laughs> and actually... Uh, this is something that I didn't really realize. The North Pole actually isn't a landmass. It's not even really like, you, if you look at a map at the North Pole, mm-hmm. you won't see it. It's shifting ice is all it is. Russia really? has established some temporary bases there, but it's not firm enough to actually say, hey, look, this is worth putting on the map. 
Oh. I didn't no. know that. I didn't know either. So when you hear about Santa living at the North Pole. <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit. Is a, that what you're saying? Yep, exactly. Spoiler alert, kids. Yeah. He's shifting. Yeah. Yeah, kids <laughs> listening to these stories about almost being di- you know, killed <laughs> yeah. and uh, all this stuff. Yeah. Don't listen to that part. Because right. it doesn't even exist. <laughs> We're going to spoil Santa for you. <laughs> Shackleton put out an advertisement in the London Times uh, newspaper where he said, Men wanted for hazardous, small wage, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor, and recognition in case of success. (laughs) And this actually was an advertisement that really echoed his personality. He was a very good leader, but he also was a little unorthodox. Clearly. 5,000 men applied to this position. Say what? I thought you were going to say like three. Yeah, nope, 5,000. 5,000. And he had also, he had unorthodox interviewing methods. So is like, this back in, like, 1914? This is 1914. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. okay. So these, like, there were researchers that would come in mm-hmm. and would interview with him. And some of them he would ask really random questions to, like, what is your favorite soup? Well, then other people would come in and he'd be like, I like the way you look. You got it. What? It was, he was it a very... It sounds like our hiring practice back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> That's true. Out of all of those people... 28 men got selected to take this journey on a ship called the Endurance. The Endurance. Yep. Mm. There were also 69 sled dogs. Uh, but they weren't interviewed. I yep. love all those sled dogs already. Sorry. I'm getting really excited about the sled dog group. Oh, just wait. Uh, okay. So, the, now this group of 28, in order to get a lot of support from both private donors and also the government... He had to make this not just say, hey, I want to do something cool expedition, but a research expedition. Okay. So included in the crew were, you know, his crewmen who were going to operate the ship and engineers and surgeons and geologists. So included in these 28 people that he hired were the people who were actually going to steer the ship. Engineers, surgeons, geologists, meteorologists, physicists, biologists, photographers, artists, a <laughs> storekeeper, a carpenter, what? and a cook. Okay. All right. So... There were, there so- He's got everybody. Yeah, no, he, he really did have solid representation. <laughs> yeah. um, now, the Endurance was a ship that was specifically designed to handle the ice, so it was given really thick hull. It had steam boilers in it to help propel it. It also, 1914 was a time when they had a thing, they had radio on the ship. They also had uh, a video, cam- uh, video camera from, oh, the, probably like... from the artist. Um the Endurance, really specialized specifically for crushing ice. Okay. Um, it took two months to get down to Buenos Aires. Where two months. Fuck wow. that, man. From there, it went to South Georgia, which, if you guys don't know, it's a small island north of Antarctica. It's one of the northernmost islands that's technically considered part of Antarctica. Mm-hmm. I did not know. I just assumed and... we were talking about the Georgia you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... They got to, uh, they headed to Antarctica from South Char- South Georgia in December. Uh, so at, on January 24th, the Endurance ran into ice. Okay. And, you know, it's kind of loose. They haven't actually gone to Antarctica mm-hmm. yet. It's just loose floating ice. So they had to kind of crush through it. They eventually, they got stuck. They couldn't move anymore. The ice surrounded them. And, and then, then like froze and again. And froze over. Oh, my gosh. oh no. So wait a minute. It took them a month and a half. To go from that little tiny island off of Antarctica. No. No, No, I got that wrong. It took them two months to go from, I believe, the UK to South Georgia. 
which is essentially what oh, Morgan okay. Post but then it took him like another month. Is that what you said? I didn't. But oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say <laughs> any of that. But it did take them a while uh, because of the ice. It slowed them down. Well, once the ice surrounded them, they were stuck. And so then the the captain was really good at trying to keep the mood up because he knew how to handle a crew so that way they didn't work like they didn't mutiny or they weren't really demoralized. But they were stuck there for ten months. What? Ten months. Yeah. Could they like get off the boat and go walk around a little bit? So they couldn't. They didn't really get off the boat because that was kind of dangerous. Um, but they they did manage to stay moralized. Four puppies were born during those ten months. Adorable. No wonder they were all fine. Apparently, (laughs) there was one guy who was just obsessed with these puppies, and whenever food would go missing, it's because he stole it to feed the puppies. Yeah, you know who I am on that boat. Yeah. And there there were many times that they thought that they could actually make more progress, and sometimes they got a little bit loose because, you know, during the day it melted a little bit, but they never made any real progress. They never even really technically got back into the water. They were just stuck there. Um, But the ship was so well built that it held up between all the pressure of the ice. Um, Hopefully they had lots of supplies. Well, after 10 months, Shackleton decided, you know what, I really want to cross the Antarctic, but... I don't have enough supplies at this point to make it practical, so I need to turn home because otherwise crew members are gonna die. Yeah. And so he put his crew above his dream. Aww. And Good job, he, Shackleton. He decided to try and head home. So they got off the ship because it couldn't go anywhere. And eventually, uh, while they were getting off the ship, and there's actually some, uh, there's some pictures of this. The ice started crushing the ship, and the ship sunk. To the what? Yeah, Whoa. the ship sunk. It. They knew that it was happening, so they realized they they had to abandon ship. Oh my god! But okay, so they have been stuck out there for ten months now. Yep. And then, like, no one's looking for them. Well, no one really can look for them, even though people know, like, hey, you should be gone a long time. It's like this is 1914. It's not like oh, they can just organize right. yeah, it. Be like, yeah. Hey guys. Okay. yeah. And they never picked up anything on the radio because whalers didn't come down that far. So, oh. so that was their goal, though. They're on their own. They are. They wanted to head north, which, I mean, technically is any direction away from the center. <laughs> yeah. um, they wanted to head north, so that way they could get back to the edge of the ice and get in their rowboats, which they salvaged from the ship, and hopefully run into a whaling ship that could pick them up and take them home. What a fucking bad day. Yeah. Like, we have been stuck on this ship for so long, and now we gotta get off, and now we're gonna hop into our rowboats. Yep. And- just well, get into oh the ocean gosh. and row off. Oh my god. Shackleton was a great leader, but he didn't anticipate this kind of disaster. So they only packed five tents and 18 sleeping bags for the 28 men. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Which means that he had to draw a lottery to figure out who got to sleep in a tent and who got to sleep in a sleeping bag. Oh. That's bad news. <laughs> Part of Shackleton's great leadership, and again, he's taught as a lessons in the UK about how to be a good leader, mm-hmm. is that he took the most, the men who he expected to be the least, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The least... Productive or helpful or... Uh, no, the ones that would listen to him the least. The ones oh. that were more likely to rebel. I and he, he slept with them in tents. <laughs> he was aware... I'm sleeping with you, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was aware, though, that, like, 
If people were left in the same buddy-buddy group, then they would start becoming friendly, and that would create alliances. And yeah. once you had alliances, then you're more than likely, people are going to start rebelling in this situation. I've seen Survivor. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So he <laughs> so he purposefully rotated people all across, like, the whole time that they were out. That's smart. Thing. That's it super is. smart. I would yeah. have never even thought of that. So I'd just like to say right now that if you do love dogs, go ahead and pause this. <gasps> oh, god damn it. Go ahead and pause this podcast and move forward about 20 seconds. Okay. Okay, Starting... give it 20 seconds. Okay. Yeah, oh no, put oh, on no, your no. timer. No, I was going to put it on your oh, timer. Oh, okay. No, okay. 20 seconds starting now. Okay. So the very first thing they realized is that the lifeboats were too heavy for most of the sled dogs. So the first people to go is they shot the puppies. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god! I hope they all fucking die! I hope they all freeze to death in their stupid three tents or five tents. So they, or okay, so the they shot they have. 69 puppies? Four so, so far. So if you're listening to the podcast, pod, uh, you know, go forward another 30 seconds yeah. or so. But the four puppies specifically are the ones who were killed at this moment. And also, the I, list, I watched um, one of the many like documentaries yeah. about this. They literally put on whimpering in the background, showed me pictures of dogs, and then had a gunshot sound. <gasps> it was oh. the most annoying thing I have ever seen. I was like, I literally cursed at my screen. Oh. Son of a bitch! This is, this is gone bad. wildly. Okay. So if I'm you're studying. joining us right now, the, the puppies were kept healthy in the case <laughs> of some of the crew no who want them No, I don't any more, Fucking heartbroken. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty sad for me, too. Um, oh, and F- FYI, penguins also die later. Is that, what, is that what they barbecue and eat later? No. It is. Look at his fucking face. Are it you is. fucking kidding me, Reggie? Um, you know. Reggie! <gasps> <laughs> so while they're hiking on the ice okay, here, yes. they need food. And <laughs> they decided to try and hunt some seals and penguins. And they did find some. And it <laughs> provided a little bit of food for It's them. probably the poor dad penguin who's been protecting that damn egg for the last, like, six months. Look at it. She's crying they now. They hunted seals and penguins? They did. Um, but when you look at a penguin, your heart melts. Not anymore. <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue. So what they had to do is they had to put literal crewmen in the harnesses like they were dogs to try and haul these lifeboats. But they didn't Whoa. get very far because no. the ice was just too unstable and it was just too difficult. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so there was, for example, a, a crewman was promoted to the position of fire master. Okay. Uh, and his 2016, or his, I'm sorry, his 1916 resolution was one match, one meal. So they were delegating duties. They were... Shackleton was trying to keep everyone moralized and trying to survive. So, like, there was a dude promoted to firemaster just... And his to goal keep was the to fire survive. going all the time. No, no. His goal was only to have fire long enough to feed themselves. <gasps> what? You could, why wouldn't you just keep that fire going all the time? Because they don't have enough wood now that, oh, now that their ship sank. Jeez. So, they went as far north as they could, but once they couldn't anymore... Go ahead and skip the next 20 seconds. Fucking <laughs> They shot their 69 dogs. Oh my god. No! Did they at least like eat them they and did. make like they, blankets out of them? They and... tried to eat as much as they could out of it, yes. Now, there was there was testimony from diaries that I read and it literally said one guy said this was the worst thing he's ever been told to do. No it, shit. it was not easy for them. They mm-hmm. cared about these dogs. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, considering the only thing that got him through in the 10 months is these four brand new puppies being born. Yeah. This is the worst story on earth, FYI. Yep, yep, you're good. So, <laughs> <laughs> so once they got as far north as they felt comfortable going, they realized that the ice around them was shifting pretty heavily, which also meant that it was going to break up and give them a passage soon. Oh. So they got the lifeboats ready to go, like on the edge of the ice, ready to push in. Because they only had like a few minutes window sometimes to actually get out on the So ice. they're looking for the ice to break apart enough so they can get out before it freezes around them exactly. once again. Yep. Oh my god. So they had to have a 24-hour watch because mm-hmm. if they missed that window, they missed it. So they got in their boats finally when an opening presented itself. And uh, on April 9th, this is 14 months after they've been stranded on the ice. Oh my god. Uh, the ice broke up just enough to put the boats in the water. Which wasn't exactly like a, hey, we're in the water now. It was a, okay, there's ice coming at us. Let's avoid that so we don't capsize. Oh, these plates are coming towards us to capsize <laughs> oh us. Let's god. go faster. Oh my god. Well, also not going slow enough that they would freeze in place. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, That's not good at all. So finally, they made it to an iceberg that had open enough water that they felt comfortable hauling their boats on and pitching tent and trying to sleep. Okay. But apparently no one really slept because the ice was had the sound of cracking. I was going to say, yeah, it's like... And they heard killer whales circling around their iceberg. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Um, you know, like the, oh, the blowing of the water yeah, and sh- everything. That's, that's what they They're say. probably like all talking underneath the water. Yeah. These idiots, we're going to be eating soon. Yeah. So they didn't uh, pitch a tent again. They just stayed in the rowboats. Oh, gosh. Well, no, because there was one guy, out of this whole time, only one guy started to rebel against the captain. And that was the carpenter, and his name was McNeish. <laughs> and he McNeish. he was had a few supporters, and he was like, the ship sank, you're no longer our captain, we don't have to abide by your rule. And then he essentially had a very impassioned argument where he told them, that doesn't matter, I'm still your captain, if you don't listen to me, you die. And so he got back in line. Ooh, um, okay. Well, I mean... What are your options? Yeah, I mean, no. we're gonna go take our rowboat to the other side of the iceberg and not talk to you anymore. I mean, I don't understand how you know how what you can do. When I get really cranky because like it's hot in my living room, I'll start. You know, I'll be I'll be a little bit sour towards Ashley sometimes. I'm sorry, dear, but uh, but I can imagine that if you're like inches away from death, freezing cold, you just have to don't listen to this. Shoot all your puppies. Then I'm gonna be pretty sour too. I'd probably say yeah. a few mean things. Yeah, agreed. Although, <laughs> although, you kind of put it all in perspective for us, yeah. there, Reggie. <laughs> uh, Shackleton never forgave him for that. Oh. Um, he was the kind of guy who's like, I will give you my loyalty if you give me yours, but if you step out of line once, I will never, ever forgive you. Oh. And he, he held true to that. Wow. Um, Fuck that carpenter. Yeah. You're yeah. dead to me, McNeish. They kept rowing north. Their, their hands would freeze to their oars, and they'd have to chip them off for each other. Oh, my gosh. This is the worst. Yeah. Uh, but rowing was preferable because then you kept warmer because of the movement. Okay. Um, so they made their way finally to Elephant Island, which is one of the first actual rock land masses. So it wasn't covered in ice. It was rock. But it's still absolutely barren. It's essentially like a, I don't know how big it actually is, but it, no, it's a 200-foot mountain of gravel okay is what it is with a you know rocky spire now where is this in the world it is so you know whenever you look at those pictures of antarctica how there's that really big like tail yeah. peninsula coming off it's kind of at the north tip of that okay wow 
So Elephant Island was a godsend to them because they're like, this is hard land. This is the first time that we've stepped on hard land and I think it was something like 20 months. Oh my gosh. Wow. This is insanity. Like how, well, I just don't understand how they're not dead. Yeah. Uh, so, but they were still about 800 miles south of South Georgia and whalers didn't come to Elephant Island. They went to South Georgia. Oh my goodness. And they're in their rowboats. And they're in their rowboats. Oh. So, uh... So Shackleton took the largest rowboat, uh, which was about 22 feet. McNeish actually outfitted it. He covered it with a tarp. He put some seal blood on it to help seal it. He thickened the hole. He added a little deck. And (laughs) so Shackleton and four others got in this rowboat and sailed to South Georgia. Oh, my God. Now, remember... This is winter in Antarctica in 1914. So, so as like, we know, it's like negative 100 degrees. It's, it's very cold. <laughs> yeah. They also didn't have GPS. So it was a situation where they're like, if we don't know exactly where we're going and we're off by one degree, we will never see South, South Georgia they're and we will sail off right into the Atlantic. <sighs> and being winter, the first 11 days were just constant battered wind and rain. And then... <laughs> And then after that, it was overcast. So they couldn't really use the stars that often to try and navigate like they oh used to do. No. But they made it. They made it How? to How? The... I don't know. Luck. Uh, yeah. They made it to the south shore. But all the whalers are on the north shore. Of course. So the next <laughs> of course step, they fucking are. The next step is that uh, Shackleton and two others took their boots they took screws out of their rowboat and pushed them through their boots to try and give them some sort of traction in the snow. They had a carpenter's, like, wedge. That they stole from. Yeah. Niche, I'm and, sure. f- and 50 feet of rope. And then oh with God. that, they had to climb over a snowy mountainscape and across an ice field full of crevasses to get to the actual <laughs> whaling town. You know what? I'm fucking done with this. <laughs> <laughs> this is pure insanity. Yeah. I don't understand how not every single one of them are dead well so that's like the amazing thing is that they made it to the town immediately they rescued the three people who were left on the south shore and then they took it took three tries before they could get through the ice they made it to elephant island because shackleton was relentless in getting they had to actually enlist the chilean army to get them yeah and but he got there and nobody died Nobody Whoa. died Nobody except died. for the poor puppies. Except for the spoiler alert puppies, yeah. Uh, and the penguins are eaten. <laughs> this isn't actually the end of the story. Oh. Because we remember how Shackleton wanted to go from the south side or from one side of Antarctica to hike to the other yes. side. So he had another crew. No. Of, no. Of 15 people <laughs> on the Aurora. Who needed to travel to the other side and then hike out a few hundred miles and leave supplies for them because they couldn't carry enough supplies to get all the way across. Oh my god. So they would leave supplies on this trail and then go back to the Aurora and wait for them so then they could come take them home. So they moored onto the ice, they got off the ship, their anchors snapped and the Aurora was left to drift and they couldn't get back on board. And the Aurora was in too much ice to be able to get back to them. So the Aurora drifted all the way back to Chile. What? Okay, wait. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. This was after they were rescued, and he goes, sets off again right then? So this is happening while they're in the ice stuck. Really? So yeah. the Aurora this whole time has been planting supplies for him. Well, that was their goal. 
And then once the Aurora broke free and started drifting, these people who had gotten off on the ice, the, I think there were about 10 people, they were stuck there. They couldn't get back to their boat. Oh my god. Well, the person who he, who Shackleton left to leave the boat was a little bit crazy. Oh. And demanded that they go through with the mission of leaving the supplies. Which actually makes sense, because if they didn't do that, then Shackleton and his team would get to that point, not have supplies, and, and die. die. Right. But the dude really did end up going crazy. They had to strap him down to his sled dog. <gasps> so, like, to his sled, so that uh-huh. way, because he was getting delirious. Oh, uh, uh, no. Well, unfortunately, uh, well, fortunately, they finished the mission. Uh-huh. And they left all the supplies. Unfortunately, that wasn't necessary, because Shackleton never got there, and three people did die. Uh, from the Aurora. From the Aurora. Oh, okay. So uh, how did they end up getting off? Once Shackleton discovered the Aurora, uh, which had, like, they had gotten back to port. You're like, holy shit, I'm in Chile now, and the Aurora just came floating up. Yeah. That's not good. At that point, they could sail there because there were some people left on board, and it the ice was the main issue. So the Aurora was still in enough shape that they could move. So they got back. Shackleton got on the ship and went with them to go pick everybody else up. Wow. Damn. He's hardcore. He is. So can you tell me in total how long they were out there? Sure. Uh, So in total, they had been stranded for 21 months since they sat sail. So they got back in 1916 after having left in (laughs) 1914. So he essentially turned around and then went back out. Or he did not end up ever. So eventually, afterwards, going. he did try. He got eight of his men to come back with him, try and make another trip to Antarctica. Wow! And on the way, he had a heart attack and died. <gasps> Seriously? Really? Really? That so sucks. he never did his. He dream. never fulfilled his dream. Well, he made it to Antarctica before. It's uh-huh. just he hadn't crossed. He never. Yet. Oh. Okay. And actually, on the on the trip down, he got his second hand man, who had been his uh, first mate the whole way through. Uh-huh. To come with him. And he, uh, I believe, actually was a doctor. And he told him, like, you need to give up drinking. Because he had gotten into that. And the dude's like, you always ask me to give things up. And what are are you really asking me to give this up? And then, like, I think two minutes later, he had a heart attack and died in the dude's hands. Whoa. Shackleton's wife asked for him to be buried on South in South Georgia where he was. Uh-huh. And then eventually when the first mate died, he was his ashes were brought to South Georgia and buried next to him with the caption, um I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like Shackleton's or like always Shackleton's right hand man or something. Oh like that. wow. that's very touchy. Yeah, oh no, not, not I told you so. <laughs> Wow. She then asked me to do trip number two. I'm going to be like, time out, hard pass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to go ahead and stay in bed on this one. Yeah. With little Goosey. I'm and... surprised people went. I yeah. would have gone again. Ten, that's so long. I'd be like, I need to go home. I need... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you think you're homesick? <laughs> yeah, my gosh. Yeah, it is a sad story, but... Uh... I will say that there have been books, there have been talks, there are, you know, classes, there are movies, there's miniseries, there's documentaries. This is a very, like, it's actually like, a pretty I, famous I story. I can't believe you don't know it. I know. I, I, don't, I didn't <laughs> know. I didn't know it either. Didn't know. Uh, That's crazy. I think the first book came out in, like, 1959. But, uh, oh, wow. But you, there's some free documentaries on on YouTube from uh-huh. PBS, and it, it's worth a watch. It's, yeah. it's a truly amazing story, and they have actual footage from the event. Do you know what it's called? Um... 
I there's a few different titles, uh-huh. but the one of them was like Shackleton's Great Endurance. Oh, or okay. The I could see that. Yeah, that's like a that. good name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, really good. talk yeah. about uh, endurance. I yeah, mean. that's crazy. But you gotta do what you have to do to survive. Yeah. I think yeah. I I guess I would. Yeah. You'd probably be barbecuing a penguin in, like, one second. No. Are you kidding me? My heart would die. I no, think I would wouldn't. die of a broken heart. That's You'd be, like, covered in its, I don't even... Its feathers? Skin. No, it's, it's... They have feathers. Well, I know it's feathers, but it doesn't really look like feathers. No, it doesn't look like it, but it's feathers. It's like dolphin skin or something. Oh, okay. That's very <laughs> We're wrong. done here. Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember, I remember hearing that they use the dolphin, I mean, uh, the uh, penguin feathers to pick their teeth and get the seal meat. I'm joking. I'm sorry. I'm totally Reggie, joking. I'm you can't joking. come back. <laughs> well, that's for your well, drink and for your story. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was really, that was two great stories, Reggie. Great Thank stories. you so much. Holy cow. Yeah. Antarctica, who knew? Thanks for listening. Yeah, Don't fuck you, go. Man. Yeah, don't go, man. If I found out, like, oh, you know, we're planning this great trip. I'm gonna have to step in and be like, "Don't go, man!" And then I'll send you your story back right to you. you. Gotcha. Right gotcha. to your face. Well, I'll deserve it at that point. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, cool. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you, Reggie, for your stories and drink. It was very tasty. Was. Yeah, it was actually very tasty. Yes, it was. Yeah, and um, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now. And if you have a survival story, we would love to hear it and we can read it on the podcast. And you can email us at I should totally be dead right now at gmail.com. And we will talk to you next time. We're only accepting stories that are as traumatic as Reggie's. That's impossible. I mean, <laughs> that's really hard. That's really hard. But um, awesome. Well, thank you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you, Reggie. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. Goodbye. It was fun. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.